out here. Captain! Signatures detected. Shields up. Signatures detected. Context Southeast Command. What's happening? Context Southeast Command. Delay that order. Context Southeast Command. This is the captain. Context Southeast Command. Get out of my chair. Chair, 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 chair. We have engaged the Klingons. Klingons. Welcome to The Greatest Discovery, a wholly owned subsidiary of The Greatest Generation. I'm Adam Pranica. I'm Ben Harrison, and that was very fun for me. Yeah. We just watched some new Trek, Ben. Yeah, and the last new Trek before the new new Trek. Yeah. This is uh, this is listed as its own series on IMDb. I, I looked in, in the Star Trek Discovery series page to look up like actor names and stuff when mm-hmm. I was watching this episode. It's not on there. It's on its own thing. S- Star Trek colon short treks. Yeah, I mean, that kind of leaves the option open for it to be used for all kinds of Star Trek properties. And also explains why it's so fucking difficult to find on the CBS All Access app. Right. Because CBS doesn't treat it the same way that IMDb treats it. Yeah, it'd be great if everyone could get on the same page. But I do like that open-endedness and I, uh, it made me think briefly about, like, what what do we do with this show when there are multiple new Star Trek things happening all at the same time? Because that seems like the future we're heading into, right? Are you are you proposing a a greatest short offshoot? I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if we're watching picard but old the series and star trek discovery and lower decks the animated fart series mm-hmm. like does the name the greatest discovery encompass all of that do we need to change the name of the pod i don't know these are good questions questions i do not want answered by social media <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up, Adam. I feel like we can come up with an adequate solution to this problem, and luckily... You mean just you and me? And Rob's? It sounds like we're going to have a little time to decide what to do, because I don't think they're going to be short-trekking us Picard stuff before the Picard series, right? They're not going to be short-trekking us cartoons before the Lower Decks, are they? I don't know. I mean, we didn't know we were getting this when the last season ended, so I don't... Yeah, that's true. This is all uh, uncharted territory. I'm with you, man. As soon as there's a a whiff (laughs) of another short treks that is not uh, Discovery or Discovery adjacent, let's fork all of these short treks out of the Discovery feed and plant them in in a new show feed. To be named later. That's not what I was saying at all. You are not with me. I agree with you, Ben. Totally. (laughs) That that is what we should do. (laughs) I hate that idea. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to multiply our revenue streams, Ben. Don't you understand? I'm just thinking about paying another several hundred dollars for hosting for another (laughs) RSS feed. I don't understand really where the extra revenue comes in with that. (laughs) I think that is the line item that's just 20 question marks. (laughs) And then the next one is profit? I think you can tell by this this line graph that we're (laughs) in quite a bit of trouble. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Eee. Yeah. If I just rotate this uh, <laughs> counterclockwise, hey, we're doing, we're looking great. Oh, I feel much better. How about that, Ben? Oh, we can afford another show, no problem. Hey, Adam, you give yourself a pat on the back. I'm going to give myself one. 
We're just two boys that are good at business. <laughs> That's us. Uh, speaking of being good at business, uh, let's talk about uh, everybody's second favorite flim flam man, Hardcore Fenton Mud. Sure. As we talk about Short Treks number four, it's the last for now Short Treks episode called The Escape Artist. Ben, who's the number one flim flam man? I'll just let you use your imagination for that. Hmm. Lore? <laughs> Lore's pretty flim flammy. I you're gonna you're gonna wake up in the middle of the night and realize I might not even be talking about an in universe flim flam man. Oh jeez. Alright, <laughs> fine. Well, uh Ben, Short Treks was uh was written by Mike McMahon who is the EP over at Rick and Morty, and he's also going to be the EP of that Lower Decks cartoon oh. that we mentioned in the, uh, in the Marin Open. So, like, Star Trek DNA mixed with Rick and Morty DNA equals a Harcourt Fenton Mud character that is pretty Rick-like in a lot of ways, I think. Hmm. I think that's an interesting comparison. I also think that, like, tonally, there is... Some fun stuff that we don't ha- we don't see Trek dipping its toe in that often in this mm-hmm. episode, and that's kind of established with the with the open. We get the the traditional short Treks micro open, and then it kind of like record scratches, and we get some disco, and then that tone is sm- shattered again with a smash cut to the interior of this Tellerite cruiser. <laughs> That uh, a a shackled Harry Mud is being uh, sold onto. The guy who's who's attached the shackles to him is Tevrin Crit. Ben feels like uh, we're just months away from lots of people being named Tevrin and not having anything to do with Star Trek at all. It just seems like one of those <laughs> modern names that people are naming kids. <laughs> like that's a combination of a couple of names, right? Yeah. Like Kevin and Tevin and. <laughs> I guess those are the only two I can think of, but you know what I'm getting at. Let me just say right now, if you're thinking about <laughs> using some or all of my name when you name your your child millennial parents, <laughs> know the shame that goes along with that name. The shame that I have to bear for the rest of my eternal existence, knowing that I've committed a horrible atrocity. An atrocity... <laughs> So big that cr- laws cannot be written to fit it. It's like naming your child Kitler. <laughs> <laughs> or Brol Pot. <laughs> or Juicellini. <laughs> my, uh, my healthy juice restaurants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those uh, are I, wildly unpopular. They have a Juicellini down at the, uh, at the mall, but... Uh, <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's long for this world. You know, the thing that, I mean, what's better than the great juices produced by uh, Juicellini uh, <laughs> are that, you know, the store is always open on time, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a fun, what a fun premise. <laughs> um, Harry is getting sold to this Tellarite by a uh, female bounty hunter who kind of reads as female bounty hunter from Star Wars. She kind of read as Kalar to me, like fresh out of the torpedo Kalar. Oh, wow. Remember, remember what she looked like? Yeah. All leathered up, 
Do you know what uh, a Breen is, Adam? Or is that too far in the DS9 future? Yeah, I think you're talking about things I haven't gotten to yet. Because there's a kind of alien called the Breen that I think like live on an ice planet, so you never see them out of their spacesuits. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that you run into them on DS9 a couple of times. So I wondered if this was, uh, was somebody repping Breen. <laughs> but, uh, but it also really read as like Bounty Hunter that Leia impersonates in Jabba's palace, you know? All right. Yeah, that's a that's a reference that I get. <laughs> oh man, our audience is going to turn on you. <laughs> um, but the Tellarite uh, Tevrin Crit has a personal vendetta against Harry Mud, which is uh, you know a, a crucial ingredient for a story that involves Harry Mud. I think is somebody that has a has a has a bone to pick with him. Yeah, he's pissed because Harry Mud uh, slept with his sister. Or at least, like, got down with her. And in the process, uh, stole a family cudgel. You can't do that, Ben. He was deep-throating those tusks. He, uh, he got the cudgel out of the nightstand and, uh, <laughs> and didn't have the good sense to return it to where it lived. Yeah, what was this guy's sister using that cudgel for? Romance stuff? Hey, look. Self-romance stuff? My policy is whatever works. If yeah. you if you get in there with a cudgel, get in there with a cudgel. I think that uh, a lot of guys get intimidated by a cudgel that big, <laughs> but I and I think it's a credit to Harry Mudd's character that he was cool with it. You know, like yeah, yeah let's bring this into the mix. Fun, right? <laughs> we get uh, in the process. I feel like this could be a difficult story to recap, but we get a series of vignettes, and these are these are sort of cute, right? These we cut to flashback right on the heels of a comment that Harry Mudd makes that is immediately refuted by the footage we get in said flashback. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, if he talks about being poor to the Tellerite, we cut to a scene where he brags about being rich to get himself out of trouble or... uh, what is another example of this? <laughs> well, sometimes there, it's like him trying the same line on a different yeah. band hunter, like, oh, we should uh, form the resistance, or I'm in the resistance, and you can join me. He's really gotten around, though. Like, like he's been kicked in the face by Klingons. He's been, uh, he's been yoked up by uh, a spunky alien female and then dragged through a, a shipyard parking lot. That was a fun scene. I really liked that. She was uh, she was maybe the character that I liked the most in the whole episode. There was also uh, like an Orion sex prison, it seemed like, yeah. where he was interrogated by what I inferred to be a couple, and uh, that made for some fun conflict between them. <laughs> I was uh, I was picturing them as sister and brother, but uh, oh who, yeah, I could I could get with that. Who knows how the Orions get down? Maybe it's both. <laughs> The Orions are just so sexy, it's hard to tell. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and they're down to use a cudgel on just about anybody, even if they're blood-related. <laughs> hey, Ben, uh, I bet there's no weather people on Orion, huh? <laughs> it's just it's just like eyes and teeth talking about the, the five-day forecast. It's probably terrifying. <laughs> And if you look down over here, uh, oh, let me uh, let me crouch and uh, just next to where my mouth is, down over here. Yeah. Back to you, Ron. 
<laughs> Thanks, terrifying weather eyes and mouth. <laughs> it's just a vest. <laughs> a, f- a floating vest with a five-day forecast. Thanks for coming in, Derry, with no pants on. <laughs> One thing I didn't like about the short female bounty hunter was that she lost track of her ship and uh, Harry Mudd was making fun of her. I just think it's preposterous that this is a future where that's even possible. I feel like this is an easy edit in the script because, like, if, you know, like, new new cars now have, like, a, an app on your phone that tells you where you parked them, you know? So why would she not have a GPS or just be able to radio her ship and say two to transport, you know? Well, I feel like the look and feel of this entire short treks is very dirty sci-fi, like dirty future. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't seem like the key fabification of of the modern car has made it to the future. Or, or maybe it has and then has been ruined by something uh, we can't <laughs> possibly know about. Oh, yeah, man. I really liked that set, though, the big uh, big open area with all the garbage and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to see those stalls, man. I wanted to see different ships. I understand why we can't, but... Uh, yeah. But I, I didn't love the Tellarites bridge. Like, it was... It, it seemed a little community theater to me. It reminded me of Klingon ship from Star Trek V. Yeah. In that, in that way. Like, very spare, like, single seat in the middle... And a bunch of doors. Like you can, uh, you can see where they used spray paint to like apply texture to things. I do not share the low opinion of that set, though. I I liked it. I thought it was in keeping with the rest of the episode. Everything except for the USS Demilo was uh was shabby chic, right? Yeah, I guess so. I just very lived in. You know, there's like there's like pipes that obviously don't go anywhere on that Tellarite bridge. I just didn't think it was that good of a bridge. I think mm-hmm. like and that's in a context I think of uh Star Trek Discovery which had generally pretty flawlessly great set design. So now when you're designing a Tellarite bridge, <laughs> you're going to want to make sure that you allow access to your sewer stack. <laughs> that way if there are any clogs, you can get right in there with a scope. <laughs> I've got a scope with a camera on the front and a hundred yards of cable. <laughs> Much like my arthroscopic anal surgery, <laughs> we're using this this cable to go down a pipe and see if we can't clear it of polyps or roots or whatever is obstructing it. Now it's clear from this obstruction that this Tellarite has used moist towelettes for a number of years. <laughs> He's obviously ignored the sign in the lavatory, forbidding <laughs> flushing anything but septic-approved toilet paper down this toilet. We kind of crash into the USS DeMilo by the end. We get all these vignettes. We get all this double-talk jive from, uh, from Harry Mudd. And then, uh, and then the errand's over, right? Uh, Tevern Crit has made the run to the DeMilo. He's ready to drop him off. And so they, they beam over to the DeMilo where they are greeted by random DeMilo guy. They beam over in the context of 
Harry Mudd like begging for his freedom in right. a way that like he's such a he's just slick talking guy and and is always playing an angle like it seems like kind of this is the ploy of last resort for for Harry yeah. Mudd to to like literally be down on his knees begging to be essentially made into a slave for this guy he offers to suck his tusks <laughs> just like your sister man <laughs> he's he's willing to uh to defile himself mm-hmm. with tevrin i loved the way tevrin played this you know kind of like you can't fool a fooler like kind of yeah harry mud doesn't look like a good tusk sucker yeah he plays along just long enough to give Mud like a hint of hope, and then it, you know, just radios over to the Demilo like two to beam over. Yeah, fun. There are many scenes in this episode that reward a second viewing, and this is maybe the one that is the most rewarding because the reaction of the Demilo crew person here is so subtle the first time through, but is not subtle at all when you see this episode the second time. <laughs> he is like he is cleaning up space shit. Like this is this is this is how he treats this moment. Yeah. Oh great. Not another one of these is the is the look on his face, which is you know, this guy's uh being cast in a very marginal episode of television. I feel like plays it for all it's worth. And we can tell just by looking at the at the Tamilo, a Del Sol class starship. It's uh, its job is to clean up space shit. Like <laughs> it, it's not going to have a a really flashy Constitution class mission. That is not what you get to do if you get stationed on board one of these guys. Hmm? He takes uh, Tevrin Crit and uh, Harry Mud down the hallway to. A room, as he explains, that uh, this is not, in fact, Harry Mudd, but an android lookalike. A nearly perfect android lookalike. And uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but Tevrin Crit, uh, at some point in here, says, my scanner says he is, in response to the Starfleet officer saying this isn't Mud. Oh. He says it, his lips don't move. Uh-oh. And I was wondering if it's bad loaf that you can't see his lips moving or they tried to they looped it loop it in but it's a bad edit well it got past me twice but i'm no genius so (laughs) (laughs) normally when they loop something like that it's it's crucial to the understanding of a character's motivations or right or like they, they need it in some way but that line of dialogue doesn't seem necessary with a capital n right I don't know. I mean, I feel like we'd be sitting here going, why didn't he scan him if right. yeah. you didn't yeah. have that line? That seems like something that they that they realized during a a screening of a first cut. They're like, Oh shit, like of <laughs> course of course someone would have this question. Let's let's head that off at the pass. You know, that's the job we really need on disco is the two yuck yucks in a room that they show like early screeners to. First cut pedants. That's what we could be. Yeah. Your in-house pedants to save you from all the jackholes on the internet. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Which we are currently. Yeah. That's us. (laughs) But yeah, this this tall drink of 
bounty hunter has been passing off bad muds all over town, and uh, and this Del Sol class starship has uh, has collected quite a few of them. And the door opens, and there's a bunch of bad muds in there. This scene remind you of Gremlins at all? Like the scene at Dory's when the Gremlins take over the bar, and it's just like <laughs> for some reason music is playing. Yeah, I I saw Phoebe Cates frantically trying to serve bar to all yeah. of them back there. It's such a weird thing because Star Trek doesn't make the choice about these beings being living or not. Right. And so if if they're not treated as sentient, why why play music for them? <laughs> Is, it might be non-diegetic music. Okay. I mean, I thought the door opened and it and it felt diegetic to me, like the door opened and yeah, it... Yeah, no, it definitely fades up. I don't think yeah. that they're being specific about what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, the arm comes off the hairy mud that we've been primarily yeah. concerned with, and they all start yelling about sipping jippers on a beach. Mm. And uh, it's a fun little moment. You ever make yourself a jipper? On the beach, Ben? I have never made myself a jipper on the beach. You want to wash off that lime juice if you're, uh, if you're oh, doing yeah. it outside. That's the advice. You don't want to get a jipper burn. You know I've got that burn, right? That's why I brought it up. It's, <laughs> it's part of your legend. It's oh. the stuff of legend. I thought, I, I thought you were just saying it to say it, not to, to twist the knife on that time I got a horrible second degree burn on, my, on the back of both hands. It's why your hands are so disfigured looking. <laughs> it's actually, I don't think it's, there's really any evidence of that, of those burns anymore. I don't think mm. I have scars or anything. It's because you creamed them up real nice? They look bad, man. I bet. Not fun. I got sent home from work. They looked so bad. Nobody wanted to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Ben, you're grossing out the whole restaurant. <laughs> you know who is sipping chippers, Adam? The actual Harry Mud. Yeah. He has been impersonating this uh, this bounty hunter lady. So we get to see him pull the the helmet off. And he's uh, got a very, uh, a very funny bridge on his ship. I, I noticed that he had one of those beaded seat covers that were <laughs> the like required seat cover of taxi cab drivers in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, you know he's he's not doing a lot of getting up and walking around. Which you have to do. You have to get up once an hour. I think we all know that by now. Yeah. Well your your watch will remind you. Don't worry. <laughs> this is really where they spent the set design money, this uh this right. bridge. And uh it is full of hairy muds. So it's a lot of fun. There, all of the uh, android muds are walking around, you know, mopping and working on building new androids and polishing his uh, his various priceless artifacts that are kind of strewn around. It's very mad scientist vibes. Hey Ben. Yeah. You think he's fucking one of those muds? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the spider just killed a couple of flies. I mean, like, sex robot is something that uh, I think we all know is an inevitable component of human life at some point in the not-too-distant future. Did somebody say my name? (laughs) (laughs) But what if Kevin had made sex robot of himself? I feel like if I had a sex robot of me, I would just want (laughs) handjobs. That would make the most sense. I don't know, man. I mean... You make a lot of eye contact during a hand job. 
Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know if I could live with myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we interrogated that whole issue. I think it's done. It's yeah. been decided. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of cool artifacts on this bridge, Ben. Yeah. You got your, you got your Mona Lisa. You got your uh, you got your your Klingon batleths. You got you got a Federation uh, helmet from a spacesuit. Yeah, there's a, a there's like a back there. Hindu artifact of some kind. I watched this scene a couple of times looking for like a whoa Easter egg. I couldn't find one. Like nothing nothing was mind blowing. I'm sure someone will find something in this scene, but uh, you wanted I wasn't to see like to. Data in that purple and gray suit, yeah. sitting on a chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even try to hide him. He's, he's like in the <laughs> foreground. <laughs> He takes the helmet off and his voice goes from being like crazy alien computer voice to regular voice. And then he mm-hmm. takes this call and it says vocal distortion activated, but but the audio coming in is also crazy alien computer voice. Hmm. Is this Star Wars, Adam? When he has the helmet on, he sounds a little bit like a Jawa, right? Yeah. He's going like, kind of racist against Jawas, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't tell them apart. Do all of the hairy muds walk in a single file line? <laughs> so you can't tell their numbers? Yeah, but they also go dink, 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 dink. <laughs> and that's kind of the button on the episode, right? Harry Mud lives on to continue uh, selling these monstrosities and making a tidy profit in the process. This is clearly post the episode of Disco with him in it because yeah. uh, the whale violation is cited in the list of th- crimes he is wanted for. God. Um, so, uh, Harry so- Mud fucks a lot of things, doesn't he? <laughs> He's kind of insatiable. Yeah, and the way he uh, slaps that cu- cudgel in his palm at the end makes me think that includes inanimate objects. Yeah, I think he's. I think that cudgel's on its way to his nightstand. Once again, Mr. Mud, <laughs> please get in touch. Did you like this episode, Ben? I medium liked it. I thought it was fun in tone. The no universal translator thing at the end kind of mm-hmm. bugged me. It took you out of it, huh? Yeah, I, I felt like I was in the wrong universe hmm. for a moment. Although, if that's a Breen, I feel like... The Breen character in Trek is designed as like an homage to Leia's bounty hunter in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And so maybe it's like a knowing nod in that way. Mm. I don't know. Um, I like the structure of the episode and I I thought it was a lot of fun generally, but that that one moment kind of bugged me. Uh, What about you? I liked it a lot. I thought it was that kind of fun. I mean, and uh, sometimes fun can take the place of good. I think it was, <laughs> it was some of both. I thought Rain Wilson was a was a capable director. I liked physical wipes. You know what I mean by that? Like, yeah. uh, like I liked that we got a couple of those in this app. I thought the cutting around was fun and comedic. By physical wipes, I uh, I'm imagining <laughs> you're not talking about what the Tellerite got caught in his uh, plumbing, though. Now you're not gonna want to flush those physical wipes. <laughs> you're gonna want to put those in a separate waste basket next to your toilet. 
If the smell is a problem, I recommend putting a bowl of potpourri on the cistern tank of your toilet. Yeah, you're talking about like a character walking in front of camera, and uh, yeah. and when the shadow of that character exits frame, you realize that it's actually yeah, been a cut. I feel like we got two or three of those. That's neat. Yeah, those are fun. Uh, I think there's a comedy sensibility here that Star Trek rarely gets right, and I thought they got it right here. Yeah. Like, because the comedy is in the reaction and not necessarily with the main character and i think that works in star trek's favor when yeah it, when it when it does comedy like that i i liked it i think it's also really fun just like in in thinking back on these short treks like we've seen some of the people that are going to have a hand in making these new series and it's fun to see them you know get to kind of test out the the waters in a sort of safe low stakes way yeah, I mean, it's a small sample size, but I think we're going to be fine with Lower Decks. Like, yeah. Mike McMahon's totally, Mike McMahon, maybe, is how you say his name. But yeah, totally, totally into it. Totally competent. That'll be a great show. Like, I'm not concerned. Yeah. Rain Wilson, I wonder if they're going to bring back as Mud anymore, or as a director of an episode. Like, I thought he was totally competent, too. Like, yeah. keep him in the family, I say. Yeah, fun. Adam, do you want to check and see if we have any Priority One messages? I think we have to at this point. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Ben, our first Priority One message is from Trigar. The message is for Shrimp, Colgar, Mike, and Mauk. <laughs> kind of pronounce that like Rick Ross would pronounce it, right? Like Mauk. a Mauk. <laughs> Message goes like this. You want a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. <laughs> there are ways, dudes. You do not want to know about it. Believe me. Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. <laughs> John Goodman, eat your heart out. Kind of a threat. A Lebowski-style threat to the three of Shrimp, Colgar, Mike, and Mock. Yeah. But uh, our buddy Trigar, not the threatening type, I don't think. Trigar got that in under the wire, got that, uh, ordered that P1 on the 31st of December. Yeah. He had clearly been, uh, partying <laughs> on his way to, uh, some New Year's festivities. Yeah. That's, uh, that seems like when you start threatening to cut somebody's toe off, right? Adam, our second priority one message is from the voices on Twitter Adam has brutally silenced. And it is for you, Adam. <laughs> There's a little bit of direction from the script, which uh, if you've ever taken a screenwriting class, you know, is highly discouraged. But uh, I'll, 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 I'll attempt to uh, let this influence my performance in the spirit of uh, Bonamy. But it says, It would be best if Ben read this while making intense eye contact with Adam. Mm. So, um, <clears throat> here I go. Disappointing. Disappointed. You need to. You should have. Why didn't you? Ben, you kind of went away for the last 10 to 15 seconds. I It was like nothing but silence. Oh, to get choppy? Did, did, you, did you read a message? I did. Sounds like whatever filters you have set up on your computer might be preventing inbound tweets 
but also other forms of media, including audio? Yeah, I mean, I do have the disappointment filter on all of my devices, so... I'm sorry, what? The what filter? It it sounded like it kind of got distorted there for a second when you said what filter you have. Hmm. Yeah, I think we're both running the same software. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, kind of a waste of a P1 there, if you ask me. It (laughs) it didn't really seem to go anywhere. I feel bad. I wish... uh, I hope that the person who sent this message... And doesn't have those filters activated on their computer, so at least they can get experience the joy of having us read their P1 live on the air. Right, yeah, that would be good. I mean, we want them to to get value for the effort here. Yeah. Even though even though we didn't get anything out of it personally. Well, what we did get was, you know, the money that we need to keep this podcast going and uh and we'd really appreciate that if you'd like to support the greatest discovery via a priority one message. You know what to do. You head over to maximumfun.org slash jumbotron. It is a hundred bucks for a personal message or two hundred for a commercial message. And uh, we anticipate those will be pretty popular as we head into proper uh, season two Star Trek Discovery. Top of the morning to ya. This episode is brought to you by the St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in Below the Kilt Care. I didn't make that up. That's actual copy sent to us by the great folks over at Manscaped who make the shaver that I use downstairs on my little leprechaun. And uh, I recommend it. Uh, it works great. Uh, trimming the hedges in your Irish garden isn't just for below the belt. You can complete your look with their new signature Beard Hedger Pro Kit plus Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Everything they make is really good and high quality. And this new trimmer that they have comes with two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blades. They've got one for a classic trim and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and get free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was Factor Meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times, and they are delicious, fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted meals, and they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use code trek50 to get 50% off. That's code trek50 at factormeals.com slash trek50 to get 50% off. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. (laughs) Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. 
Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. I did. Um, uh, I'm going to give it to uh, Harcourt Fenton Mud on mm. this episode. I know it seems like a bit of a cheap shot, but I hope my justification for this will uh, make it seem fair. Mud is kind of is a con man and a grifter, but he also has a remarkable sense of self-awareness and <laughs> what psychologists call insight if he is able to design an android that is as shifty as he himself is. Yeah. Like this these androids are a perfect facsimile of his his personality and uh I'm going to do a little headcanon and say that outside of the context of being in the possession of a bounty hunter on their way to being turned into the Federation, they probably would kind of run out of repertoire of believable behaviors. Mm-hmm. But what they are capable of is perfectly on character for Harry Mudd. And I love the idea that he is the shameless grifter that he is, but also like sees himself for what he is, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, these robots really gave uh, Nooney and Sung's creations a, a run for their money because these guys can use contractions and whistle, Ben. Yeah. They can do it all. Data's kind of a pile of garbage compared to these these multi-muds, right? Well, that's why the headcanon of them kind of not not having any believable characteristics outside of a very specific context is, yeah. is so important. Right. Uh, but... I feel like I shouldn't have had to supply that headcanon. Kind of like me in that, like, I'm only smart in a very narrow way. I'm not <laughs> I'm not generally smart the way other people are like you. Oh, Adam, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> ben, my Shimoda is the imbecile Orion guy who, uh, <laughs> who falls for the line about looking good in a cape. I just really liked everything about him. I liked <laughs> Katy Perry, his, his co torturer. Yeah, his co Ryan. <laughs> uh, I like them both together. I could have used 10 more minutes of them, like yeah. of them just fighting over Fenton Mud. I thought they were great. Uh, for, like, you talk about uh, like the economics of someone's screen appearance. I thought both of those characters did a ton with very little. 
Boy, I really agree. They kind of reminded me of the Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn characters in Ocean's <laughs> Eleven. Like very that, good call. That level of kind of like all-purpose criminal element, but also very dumb. A couple of criminals who will punch each other in the shoulder because <laughs> yeah. because one or both of them is fucking up. Yeah, that kind. I like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Good times with them. I bring them back is what I say. Yeah, bring them back. Bring <laughs> them back. Oh, Ben, you know what's coming back on the greatest? What is the show called? The Greatest Discovery. <laughs> ben, you know what's we coming back. We haven't changed on the... the name yet. How could you possibly forget? <laughs> you know what's coming back on the Greatest Discovery? It's us with brand new Star Trek. Yep, more brand new Star Trek headed down the pike and uh the next episode will be the uh the first where we're back on our weekly schedule yeah reviewing uh reviewing episode one of season two of star trek discovery so that premiere episode drops on thursday january 17th which means there will not be a short treks on the 15th we will be back here on the 22nd to discuss that first episode of season two and then every week thereafter until that second season's done Looking forward to it. Me too, Ben. All right. Well, uh, we will chuck the uh, thermal detonator to Rob here. <laughs> Let him blow out the end of the show. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for listening. And uh, tell your friends about The Greatest Discovery uh, as we kick off Season 2. Yeah, highly recommend catching up on Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery as well as all of the episodes of The Greatest Discovery leading up to Season 2. And thanks for all your support up until now and for experiencing these off-season episodes with us. I think it's been a load of fun. Yeah, yeah. uh, An experiment that I'm really glad worked out as well as it did. Yeah, me too. The Greatest Discovery is a Maximum Fun podcast. It's hosted by Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison, and it's produced and edited by me, Rob Schulte. Our theme music is by Adam Ragusia. Would you like to support this show? Of course you do. Head on over to MaximumFun.org donate and pledge your loyalty to The Greatest Discovery. There are other ways to help us out, too. You can head on over to Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps us move up in the rankings. When tweeting about the show or sharing on social media, use the hashtag GreatestGen or GreatestDiscovery. We'll see you next time after the guys watch Season 2, Episode 1 of Star Trek Discovery. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.